a caution, a concern, and a condition. A caution, a concern, and a condition. Luke chapter 13. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay. But, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen, upon whom the tower in Siloam fell, and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, Thou shalt cut it down. Well, tonight in these verses, we're going to look at a caution, a concern, and a condition. The people in Jesus' day assumed that if something bad happened to somebody, they were being judged for it. Either that person or someone in their family. But if something bad happened to them, they were being judged. It was common. The disciples in John chapter 9 said to Jesus, As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You notice the assumption? All right, so who was it? Mom? Dad? Or was it him? which was interesting because he was born blind. So they're assuming sin before birth that would cause this man to be born blind or being judged beforehand before he was actually born. And there's a, there's a common tendency when we see things happen to other people to want to judge immediately and say, see, this happened because you did this. You remember Job's friends? What was their common comment to him through a good portion of the book? Job, just admit it. You've done something wrong. Give God the glory and say, I'm a closet sinner. And the interesting thing as we look at this, you know, truly things happen when we act foolishly. But not everyone who acts foolishly has the same thing happen to them. Have you noticed that? You know, I've had stuff happen to me that happened because I brought it on myself. I had a friend in high school. 
he had things happen to him that I still stand back in amazement. And he probably brought most of it on himself. But the reality was, I did some of the same stupid things he did, and I didn't have those same things happen. So the question is, why do we do this? You remember, the book of Luke shows the compassion of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, in this text, spots something right away that he's concerned about. We see the underlying truth of being compassionate. Several times this week, I've been reminded again, it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. And you kind of have to let that settle in. It's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. We may admit we deserve the punishment, but the punishment is not what draws us to God. It's his goodness. Being compassionate. You know, I, I hope that one of the characteristics of our church will be compassion. You've probably heard this same. It's not a real definition, but it seems to carry, convey a lot of the feeling of compassion, and that is your hurt, your pain, and my heart. You know, Jesus was compassionate. And in fact, when, when these people brought this to Jesus and they said, there were these Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled in the sacrifices. At just face value, we would say, well, I wonder why they told him that. Except for the fact, Jesus' response, when he says, suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above the other ones? So let's stop for a moment and let's, let's notice our Lord's caution. He says, don't think that bad things are because God is judging. Don't think that the bad things that are happening to someone right now are because God is judging. Now, the background of this was Tiberius was now the Roman Caesar. In fact, Tiberius was the Caesar that all through Christ's ministry, most of Christ's life, but definitely through Christ's ministry, it was Tiberius Caesar. And he was a lot more brutal than Augustus Caesar was. He had already purged all the Jews out of Italy. He was purging Jews out of major cities. And it became known that it was okay to be unkind to the Jews. So Pilate was being very unkind to the people in Jerusalem. Probably, now, they understood the context. We don't know for certain the context here. We just know that there was an uprising, and it could have been, as they were building the aqueduct, Pilate was working on the aqueduct coming into Jerusalem, the water system. And as this water system was coming in, Pilate was appropriating money from the temple 
to build the aqueduct? He was stealing. And the Jews were fed up with it. We also know that, that the Romans brought in some of their signage that was talking about the Rome being in charge and in control, and the Jews hated it there in Jerusalem. We don't know for certain, was it the theft of money, or was it the signage that they had put up? Because there had been several revolts, but there was something in this revolt that it was getting so bad in the city that Pilate began sending, in our terms today, plain clothes policemen into the, into the mob crowds. And so the soldiers went in in plain clothes, and while they were in in the mob, the soldiers began indiscriminately killing these people that were rioting and saying, Pilate is doing wrong. Now, not everybody got killed. Some of the people got killed. Some of the people didn't get killed. And of course, the thought is, huh, I wonder why those people got killed and these people didn't. Obviously, there was something wrong. There's sin in those people's lives. You know, I don't think the Jews, though, have a corner on this market. Do you remember when the Apostle Paul had been shipwrecked? And he comes out and he's warming himself by the fire. And you remember the snake, a venomous snake, grabs hold of his arm, comes out of the fire and grabs hold of his arm. And what do the people say? He must be some horrible criminal. And even though he escaped the shipwreck, he's still going to get judged. We don't like to admit that this is the way we are, but we love judging other people. We just don't like to be judged. We love to draw conclusions of how God is probably getting his pound of flesh out of people, and we miss the whole point about what our God is like. We don't know the details of why they were killed. But interestingly enough, look at verse 4. Notice how Jesus says, oh, well, let me just add to that story. And he says, or how about the 18 upon whom the Tower of Siloam fell? Now, again, we, you've probably heard of the Pool of Siloam. Unger's New Bible Dictionary says it, it was well known to the people at the time to us today, we're a little sketchy on exactly where that was. The Pool of Siloam probably was near where this Tower of Siloam was. There was a little town named that. Um, Alfred Edersheim in The Life of Christ locates the tower at the Pool of Siloam, which had fallen on 18 persons and killed them, perhaps in connection with the construction of the aqueduct that was going on. But whatever it was, again, Jesus says, okay, so how about these 18? They got crushed by these huge stones and were killed. What did they do wrong? And what was Jesus drawing their attention to? One, Jesus knew what was happening in the community. And Jesus looks at them and says, look, we live in a wicked world. We live in sin-sick bodies, and we have sin-sick minds, and the troubles that we see around us are not that God is constantly smacking down people. You need to understand, you live in a sinful world. And because you live in a sinful world, bad things happen because we live around sinners, and God gives us opportunities to make choices. Now, there is coming a day 
when we will each be held accountable for the things we've done in our body. Notice what Jesus said. He says, remember this. Human tragedies are not always divine punishment. And it's wrong for us to try to play God and pass judgment. But now notice, we saw the caution that Jesus gives, but notice the condition, the concern that he has. He says, verse 3, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Then in verse 5 again, he says, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. What is the concern? The concern is spiritual death is coming. And it's more important than the physical death that's going on. And he's challenging them. He says, do you think you're going to escape God's judgment of sin? It's easy to point to other people, but he says, turn the view back to yourself and recognize I've got a problem. He has a concern. He has a caution about judging other people. He has a concern and he says, you need to be looking inwardly and making sure you're okay. But notice the condition now that he's going to describe. Beginning at verse 6, he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then he said to the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this tree and find none, cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Now the little background here, if you'd go back to Leviticus chapter 19, God said when you plant these trees, the first three years you're not going to eat from it. Let them bear fruit, let that all come. He says, consider the first three years of no value. The fourth year, he says, that belongs to God. It wasn't until the fifth year that the man would get to eat from his tree. That would be the normal. But you notice what he says. He says, he says look, I've been looking, and this tree, it's not that I haven't got to eat from it. This tree's producing nothing. There's nothing coming from this tree. So he says, cut it down. And then you find um, the, uh, the dresser of the vineyard says, Lord, let it alone this year also till I dig about it and fertilize it and if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. And he was... Uh, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. Here's the thing I want you to notice. The application that Jesus leads them to is they begin by saying, these men were killed. Obviously, they were wrong. And Jesus says, oh, be concerned about yourself. And then Jesus says, these 18 were killed. Do you think they were more sinners than what you are? He says, be concerned about your soul. And then he gives a parable, and the parable is, there's nothing being produced out of your life. He says, you need to be concerned about what's coming out of your life. Just because you're stuck there in the ground doesn't mean that everything is okay. God has been so patient. The application Jesus was saying was, guys, 
God has been so patient with you. You need to get serious about what you're doing. God is gracious to individuals. And then you realize God's graciousness to Israel. You know, you think about 40 years from this point, God is still just going to be patient and patient and patient with Israel. And finally, God just steps back and allows Rome to destroy Jerusalem. And the temple's destroyed. God had so graciously held it back. And finally, when they were saying, we're going to have our own way, God says, okay, you can have your own way. A caution, a concern, and a condition. The condition of being barren. It's easy to judge other people. One commentator I was reading said he asked his friend what the death rate was in his city. And the guy responded, hmm, one apiece. And then he added, you know, people are dying who have never died before. And his point was, everyone dies. Everyone dies. And our concern shouldn't be so much, that guy got what was coming. Our concern ought to be, it's appointed unto men wants to die. People are making really foolish decisions all around us. I'm one of them. But when we begin to have eyes like our Lord, we begin to be concerned not about did he get what was coming to him because we know the end result. Our real concern is, are they ready? And maybe a secondary concern is, what's my life producing? Do I need to be working more at what I am? And I'll be honest with you, I do. I want to be more than what I am. I want to produce more fruit. But the thing that hinders the fruit is the sin side of me. And when we recognize that, we're probably going to be a little more gracious to the other people around us as well. I thought it was interesting. You notice the open-endedness of this parable? We never know what happened to this tree, do we? He doesn't tell us. Did it get cut down? Did no fruit? Did it produce fruit? You know, I find it interesting because that's the same thing that God did in Jonah's life. You remember at the end of Jonah, it leaves it open-ended again? And you real I mean, history, you can go and find out what happened in history but it's left open and it gives us hope. God's placed us here to honestly speak the warnings, but to be compassionate. And as we talk with people, we need to be honest about what's happening in their lives, but they also need to know 
We don't look down on them. We love them. 